Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's Snowcast. Uh, we're here in not in a pub. It's the first time ever we've recorded not in a pub one, is it? Um, maybe. Yeah, I'll tell you this. No, I recorded in my car once. <laughs> <laughs> first time ever recording not in a pub or a <laughs> that car. Was, that was a shambles. <laughs> tell you what it is though. It's the first time we've ever recorded in a brewery. We're here in uh, Coslo's Brewery in Kilkenny City. Uh, just down the outskirts, beyond Nolan Park in an industrial estate where we have been treated to some tasty, tasty pints this afternoon. Uh, it's me, DJ Walsh, hosting today, joined by Owen Tav as ever from the Snowcast, and joining us for the first time on the Snowcast, hopefully not the last, and by the end of this podcast, you won't be fully pissed off at us. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us not to publish, is Gerald Costello. Gerald, welcome to yeah, the Snowcast. Welcome, lads. Welcome to the brewery. Uh, thanks a million, first of all, for inviting us up to the brewery. It's a fantastic place to enjoy a pint. Yeah, it's a bit quiet at the moment, as in it's not usually this quiet in here, it's usually pumps going, things banging and you know, beer being made, but today's all about uh, getting people into the brewery, so yeah, yeah, yeah no, welcome. Thanks for shutting down production just so that we could uh, <laughs> get some... Well, unfortunately it has to kick off tomorrow, <laughs> Yeah. but uh, depending on how tonight goes, depending on what time we start out tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Look, isn't that always the case with all of us? Uh, brilliant. So we're here as part of a festival that you organize it's the Kilkenny Craft Beer Festival yep yep five uh, years going now at this stage five years going yeah, now yeah. just like Oslo's five years going yeah yeah no we've been we've been doing the beer festival in Kilkenny ever since we started really so um there's a history of beer festivals a history of festivals in Kilkenny yeah and beer festival is one big one um unfortunately it stopped back in the 70s or so but uh, a few lads of a certain vintage will uh will tell you stories all about it like you know and it's um I tell you, yeah, great crack. I actually grew up on stories of Kilkenny Beer Festival. Yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah, genuinely, because my grandfather is a guard, yeah. and he would end up being stationed at the Kilkenny Beer Festival, and uh, he's often told me stories of. I wouldn't repeat them on the podcast now. I'll yeah. tell you when we hit, when we stop recording. <laughs> uh, 
he told me one, of one um, one punch up between a Kerry footballer and a Kenny Hurler in the 60s that was a uh, Bit, bit wild and a bit rough and uh, he, he, he happened to come upon the scene but um, Kilkenny Beer Festival was legendary across oh, yeah. the country back in the yeah. 60s and 70s and yeah. um, I was talking to an old lad last night he's um, uh, Paddy's his name he's like he's an ex uh, brewery worker down in, uh, in Francis Abbey for 40 50 years or whatever it is and he does walking tours now kind of historian and you know he's retired and all of that but we were talking to him last night and asking about the beer festival and he said it made Smithwick's like yeah. it made oh, it yeah. because it was such a festival that everybody from the length and breadth of the country came to it and it was like uh, not so much a free for all but like it was a big outdoor event German brass bands the whole lot and everything kicked off and it was great crack Jeez. but it brought them you know outside the boundary Kilkenny then as well because people came tasted beers of course brought, and it, back, yeah, brought yeah. it back like, and it was a great thing in that respect and then when he said to him, why did it stop? He was like, uh, I was kind of pushing him on, you know, was it kind of a little bit, of, you know, drunk and disorderly, or, you know, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. in wide scale. And he said, oh, it wasn't too bad. Like, Asher, there's always the stories and stuff like that, like yeah. what you're saying and Asher. I wonder, was there a bit of political pressure from St. James's Gate as well to slow it down? Possibly. Hot take. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I actually, one of my favourite things, I know like, this is all word of mouth and mm. that this is absolutely not me given evidence to a crime or anything like that. <laughs> one of my favourite things that I have, apparently one of the great um, unsolved crimes of the late 1960s was solved by someone drunkenly confessing and at a Kilkenny Beer Festival where there was a, a spate of um, sheds being, and farms being lit on fire throughout the late yeah. 60s in Kilkenny. And apparently um, only for that the perpetrator claimed to be at the Kilkenny Beer Festival and uh, he wasn't and was found, proved not to be. That he was uh, actually well, who's, guilty. who's testifying against that? Like, what, what credible witness is going? Hey, he was, he listen, wasn't at the show up with it. They'll have to reopen the whole case. Are you sure? I yeah. Alleg- allegedly, you just throw the word allegedly in there. Yeah, you can't yeah. be sued. Uh, so brilliant. We're here for the Kilkenny Craft Beer Festival, fifth year in a row, and we're in Coslow's Brewery. Gerald, just uh, do you mind giving us a bit of background into the brewery, how it started, um, and how it's gotten to the, the point that it is now? Yeah, sure. Um, we started brewing back 2014 actually, looking at the logo there, it's so it's an easy yeah. reminder. <laughs> so what's that, five years ago, yeah, we're actually kind of, we're five, we turned five, I think it's the 3rd of July 2014, we sold our first keg of beer, so we kind of put that down as our birthday every year. Happy belated birthday. Um, yeah, yeah, no, that's, a kind of, of, that's kind of cool birthday, like yeah. the first keg rather than like the production beforehand, yeah. and, and you know, I think that's No, a, it's kind of like first keg, because like, yeah. you know, First time you started the first brew, you know, yeah, obviously yeah. as a company, you know, but the time you set up and all you know, these milestones, sort of, and you beat the Yanks by your day as well. Independent Kilkenny Brewer, yeah. Well, there is Absolutely. no war, we're the only one, like so. It is, uh, it's interesting, all right. But no, five years, we're here in Hebron, just about three years now. Um, the kit behind you, we got bits and pieces of it from uh, different breweries around this country and in the UK and put it together. Um, and yeah, we've been brewing here ever since. Yeah. Things going reasonably well. We've uh, released, usually, I don't know, maybe we wouldn't be one of the breweries that releases a new beer every week or every month, but I think we probably had about maybe 10, 11 beers out of the place at this stage. Um, three in the staple. You guys, well, we're drinking all three of them here now the red, the pale and the lager so they're kind of the staples at the moment 
um, we contemplated bringing out a uh, new IPA for the summer and all, but we were uh, we're a bit busy. Yeah. Um, the whole idea is what you have there in the lager is kind of that's the future of this brewery basically, and um, we're busy getting that out to new markets rather than producing yeah. new beers for and you it's, know it's a um, the locals here like so. It's a spelt lager and it's three point nine percent in the way. Yeah. Three nine in alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. And. So. Uh, you had it for the first time on the train on the way up. Can on the train on the way up. Yeah, and Delish. it's actually a revelation. It's a revelation <laughs> of a lager because it, it is truly unique. I've never tasted lager like, it. Mm. um, and it's so, I, I it's so crisp, I lovely finish. Tr- yeah, I was saying on the train like it's so it's so light, but it's not bud light. Yeah, fucking yeah, water. It's not watery. Like, like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Largely to do with the spout. Yeah. Mm. So like um, we have a fair idea how beer is made. Anyway, we're sitting underneath the grist case there and beside the mash tun. But what we do is we use a fair amount of a spelt grain, mm. which is kind of ancient variety of wheat, might be the way of describing yeah. it. <coughs> Excuse. And what that does in brewing, people will be familiar with it like from bread, maybe kind of spelt and honey bread, that sort of stuff. But uh, one of the things it does in brewing is it, uh, it chops up the sugars that are present, you know, from the barley and from the spelt itself and makes it a little bit more edible for the yeast because the enzymes are a hell of a lot more active. Yeah. The technical term would be a higher diastatic power for the enzymes in spelt rather than pure barley or whatever, that, you know, so this is it's a bit confusing. <laughs> confusing yeah. but realistically, what happens then is when we pitch the yeast into the wort, what happens is the sugars are a little bit simpler. So instead of like yeah. uh, long strands of sugars, you have more shorter strands. Monosaccharides so, instead yeah. of polysaccharides. Yeah. Yeah. So you have the yeast's ability to eat more of them. And it, so it, it consumes it faster, yeah. 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 But then it eats more mm-hmm. as well. So in other words, then the sugars left in the beer afterwards are lower. So the residual sugars are the finishing gravity, or there's a few different terms for it, like in this and in that beer, would probably be the lowest in the country. Possibly the lowest even further afield as well. So, so what you're saying is it's like a diet beer, but nicer. We're marketing geniuses. Yeah, it's marketing geniuses. Yeah. No, it's, it's a we'll fucking... we that on the can. Yeah, <laughs> do, yeah. Full credit, please. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. A deli- it's actually a delicious mm. beer to drink, like, and it goes down so easy. Um, you know, it, and it's a it's lager. Very, yeah, it's very session, it's very sessionable. Yeah. And do you know what the thing? The thing I find with um, lagers a lot is they're far too carbonated as well, too mm. gassy, and they, like once you have a couple of them in quick succession, mm. yeah. they're very poorly digestible. It's it's really digestible. Yeah. Like I think as well with um, lagers, like for the craft beer industry in Ireland anyway, there's not many like mm. good lagers out there. There's mm. like there's a like few hellers, IPAs, yeah. APAs, like they're mm. like they're like they're like they're big, big like production for a lot of craft breweries in Ireland, but like there's not many lagers that you'd be able to yeah. name off the top of your head, like really, you know. Well, like like something that can looking at the industry as a whole, like and the, the numbers on it, pretty much 70, 70 odd percent of craft beer sold is a pale ale yeah. or some yeah. variety, like an IPA, an American an pale American. ale, an Irish pale ale, whatever it be. Um, I don't know what percentages is lager. But nearly seventy percent of all beer sold in this country is allowed. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah. So the non-craft beer drinker drinks a lot. That's right. Yeah. You know, I even like our yeah. our love of stout is dying by the day. 
Yeah. I, you know, I hear in Kilkenny, I love a red ale is almost gone. To tell mm. you the truth, like, yeah. it, it's amazing. In the five, in we're going five years. We did a bit of research. We got a few people to do marketing people to do a bit of research inside in town, and the results they came back with was that red ale in Kilkenny was about thirty percent of the draft sales around the town from you know spot checks and talking to about twenty different publicans. I look at data nowadays about what's selling around the town and stuff, and I'd be lucky if red ale was fifteen percent of the sales like. Yeah. You know, and yeah. for a town that's come known globally, town, yeah. has it? The locals seem to have, you know, gone abandoned it. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's that's really interesting. Ever changing, yeah. like you know, mm. so it is. But I think as well, you, like you, you've hit a nail on the a head there when it comes to a question that we've asked on the podcast a few times, when we said like the the market share for craft uh, breweries in Ireland is a lot lower compared to the states. Say. It's about mm. a quarter of the percentage of beer sales in this in the states relative um, to Ireland. Um, no, Ireland relative to the states is only about a quarter of what beer sales. I think it's about three percent, three point eight percent of the market. I think, like, yeah, 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 and it's about twelve percent in the states. Yeah. And I think you've hit the nail on the head there. Where like so much of craft brewing is veering away from like what what does the macro drinker drink mm-hmm. and its lagers. So if you can produce a suitable lager to transfer them onto craft beer, that might actually mean right. This is nice. It's beautiful it's relatable to a lager you know it's a lager but it's got that little bit more depth a little bit more flavor to it that that kind of i don't know that bit of i don't know what it is but it's it's intriguing and that might actually lead that person on to drinking more craft beers it's, it, 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 it's the ideal gateway craft yeah. beer if you know what i mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> to use that term yeah, yeah. With drugs but like it, but. it's um hmm. i i kind of be torn between two directions like that yeah. as well because um, say five years ago we started up and you yeah, present people the beer that we were brewing which is this which is uh, the red or red ale and it is what I coined the term like a modern take on the Irish red so mm. it's still kind of like a deep malty rich kind of red ale as such it's nothing like a you know an IPA or a pale ale yeah. or anything like that but the general perception of definitely the older folk in the country, but when it came to, well, that's a craft beer. I don't drink craft beer. So there was like stout, yeah. red ale, lager, and craft beer. And that was it. There was no understanding that like, the craft beer was, you know, 40 different styles yeah. of all co- sorts. concept that that's in competition with the traditional red ales yeah. as opposed to, no, actually it's in competition with the yeah. novel lager and the novel yeah. IPA. Yeah, and they, did, like, they didn't understand, they didn't, un- but a lot of people in the country didn't understand the ABV, so like their alcohol, and they'd mm. say, oh, I tried to point to that. Jesus, nice. God, you couldn't be drinking it all uh, night. Blow the head off you. Yeah, yeah blow yeah. the head off you. But there's no understanding. Okay, it's like 5%, and what you're usually drinking is like, you know, 35 4%, so of yeah. course... You know, you have to regulate your consumption, you know. I think think as well, people's taste buds as well have been deadened over the years Mm. with regards to, like, just drinking. So, like, a lot of times when you would get that myth of, like, ah, there's an awful metally taste or something off those craft beers or, you know, there's there's an odd old taste off them. Mm. It's just like, that's because you've just been drinking flavoured water for the last few years, you know, like, for the rest of your life. Generalisations about craft beer as well is is, is terrible, like, yeah. Uh, But, no, it's like, and it is... I suppose in one respect we're, you know, swimming against the tide regarding the tide of, say, macro producers. 
because like even when I talk to like you know a lot of the guys around the town that go installing taps and draft lines and cleaning the lines and all you bump into all the other guys who do it for all the other beer companies you know and they're big international brands and all that sort of stuff and I'm always quizzing them about you know well what's the temperature this month or what's the you know the dictate coming down from on top nowadays and like what they're talking about is when they chill the beer and, and get it and so you get your pint given to you in the pub they have a diktat to them that the, the technical guy has to get it into the glass at a certain temperature and when we started five years ago it was eight degrees and now it's down to three degrees so they were yeah. constantly want the beer colder and colder and like the colder something is the less you can taste it yeah. the, the taste buds work yeah. ideally at room yeah. temperature isn't it because i think that's part of mcdonald's ploy is they're they're genius <laughs> at keeping food at room temperature and that's actually how it, it tricks you into thinking geez i'd love a mcdonald's now because the food is mm. served you at room temperature oh, as right. opposed to really hot piping hot because yeah, yeah. it's the same if you go the other way with heat i heard that one day and uh from a, from a well, it's so funny, like, you know, yeah. all those fucking ice cold mm. taps that came out like yeah, years yeah. ago, like, Bud, mm. like Budweiser ice cold, Heineken yeah, ice cold, yeah. like, you know. Just, yeah. Like, so, Gerald, yeah. you're on the Costello's The Red. Yes, this is The Red Ale. So, you just, what percentage would that be then? That's 3.8. 3.8. So, yeah. very comparable to a certain yeah. big well, name. No, well, no, Kilkenny, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't this, need the name check. Yeah. This is the first beer yeah. that we brewed, yeah. and the whole idea was that it, the red ale, as I said, it was like 30-35% of the market, and it was to get some of that. Yeah. You know, and like, kind of, when we were looking at it, we were saying, okay, we came at it from a very, uh, uh, kind of rooted in the community and local, and kind of maybe nearly more, rather than a, a brewing take on it, like as in my big thing, and still is, in beer and food and everything else, is I want to know and where it's produced, and preferably who's producing Sourcing, it. Yeah because I want to be able to trust that person that yeah. they are actually producing something and they're not looking at me and kind of going, well, I'm putting all this whatever into it just to make it last or a little extended shelf life or, you know, yeah, a little yeah. bit more stable in the container or whatever the hell it is, any food stuff like bread, ham, whatever it is, um, and be able to then trust that producer. And that's kind of what we wanted. So then when it came to what we're we going to do. We looked at a few other different businesses within food and meat and a few different things. And we settled on brewing because one, I'd been doing it for the got to 20 years on a kind of home scale club basis. And then two was the brewery in Kilkenny was closing. Yeah. And there was an option for it. We were going to set up ideally down on the site, but political reasons and everything else we can't do that you know even trying to find you can't find at all like you know so it's funny but yeah so that was kind of the whole thing about where is it so we wanted to produce then a beer that people were familiar with yeah as well rather than introduce them to uh here you go is like you know an ipa or whatever and it's kind of oh what am i drinking so we were going after the traditional familiarity like so we when we kind of when i say you know craft beer um, I kind of say, well, we're local, yeah, you know, and we're a brewery, we're a local, local brewery. small batch. And are you producing craft beer? And there's kind of, well, you tell me what craft beer is, and I'll tell you where that's also not, yeah, you know. So it's kind of, you know, there's, there's various different, mm. um, different ways of going about it, I suppose. And we kind of decided right from the off because it's what we were very passionate about, and it's kind of what we really believed in was that whole thing of producing local and like letting the punter know like as in even like today 
come up, have a look at what we're doing, drink the beer. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Like, see, see where it's going. It's there, Here's the mm-hmm. Why it's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like, you, you know what you were saying there, right, that you, you're on and off for 20 years. Mm. In, uh, so did you come here and did you have the recipe? Like, did you know what you were, like, when this place was going to be formed? Did you know, like, the recipe? Did you know what you were going to be brewing initially? We brewed, I think, we brewed six different batches of this red ale, various different, you know, iterations of it, I suppose. And we also got, I think, was it, I don't know, the notes, I had the notes out there the other night, maybe about 20 other red ales across the board from like Port, what Porterhouse are brewing, some of the macros are brewing and all of that. And we got um, six of us around the table. One girl is a, a wine sommelier and her taste buds are, you know, off the chart. Off the like, chart yeah. like, and she's there and like, you know, and tasting this stuff. And like I knew two of the batches of the red ale that we were putting up weren't in great nick. And other people, like out of the six of us, are tasting them. She was going, hey, Jesus, what's this? But like, and then we were kind of going through it. And we went through and we kind of profiled all the red ales available in the country and then a few batches of the red that we produced. So we kind of went about it reasonably scientifically. Yeah. And then we narrowed it down to one or two and we gave out, kind of brewed a few batches and got a bit of a... Uh, general opinion basically on it then to see Plus. and then we went to a, a brewery in Kildare and we brewed it on a commercial scale and it took a while to dial it in to exactly what we wanted there yeah. because it was uh, you know the first batch isn't exactly what you, you aim for because you're brewing different systems mm. different efficiencies all sorts yeah. of stuff and when you, when you upscale as well it doesn't necessarily traject on the same plane that no, you think it's no. going to even like if you mm. did the exact same like we were brewing in 50 litre batches at the time and even if we'd gone into another lad's kit that was 50 litres we probably would have ended up yeah. with a somewhat different, different thing yeah, as yeah. well like you know so it's it's uh, it's unique to the kit nearly as well and mm. you kind of you gotta get that dialed in. I get that right. Brilliant. As well, you know, so. And uh, then what one's drinking is one of my favorite named beers of all time. Mm. I actually love. I love the name of this. Beyond yeah. the Pale. Beyond the Pale. It's very. It's a very witty name. It is. Yeah. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean. I mean. You're welcome. Like. <laughs> yeah. The the lager isn't far off one as well. Like. You no. Know? But um, yeah. I don't know. I'm. I never really sat back of it and thought like do I like puns and you know different kind of play <laughs> on stuff. words or whatever but yeah like it works like as in the whole idea of the concept of that beer is um, that it, like it is a pale ale we launched that beer just after opening the brewery here just over about three years ago and it was okay it's a pale ale we gotta call it something like you gotta name a beer yeah. you can't just like put it out there um, unfortunately it's kind of like kids they need a name Costello 1 and Costello 2 it is <laughs> oi you yeah um, it's my dad says whatever the fuck your name is <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we have two you might meet them there in a while but yeah they're, uh, they, they have names as well but no with that it was um, Beyond the Pale kind of came about it because it's a pale ale but it's also pale ale with a bit of a difference because it's kind of it's a multi-grain pale ale there's bits of oats and bits of rye in there as well so it's like it's not a rye pale ale it's not an oatmeal pale ale it's not just a a barley or it's not an american pale ale when we went looking at the hops the principle we took was 
who's growing the hops, where are they coming from, and at what point in the supply chain are we? So in other words, how fresh are they when we're yeah. getting them? Mm. And what we found was, yeah, you can get some decent-ish American hops, not too bad. Americans tend to pelletize a lot of hops. We use leaf hop here, so getting the best quality American hops in leaf wasn't not hugely popular with them as in as the guys tell me says you need to order so that i stop them pelletizing what you want yeah you know and but the germans who are relatively around the corner when it comes to the global scale of things and have started about 10 years ago producing hops akin to maybe some of the pacific northwest hops out of the u.s and bringing big kind of flavors that you'd be familiar with from an american pale ale so we started looking at those and messing with a few of those hops. And that hop, that beer then, is largely hopped with German hops, which are crossed between, say, the noble varieties that the Germans and the Czechs and all would have been like historically mm. very famous mm. for, and in their pilsners and lagers and stuff, crossbred with some of the big name hops, like the big seas, like from the Pacific Northwest in the US. So like you like some mandarin, mandarin of areas in there and whole melon and things like this. And then there is American hops like Azaka and stuff in there as well. Nice. So what we're kind of saying is not an American pale ale, it's not an Irish pale ale, it's not a rye, it's not an oatmeal, it's a... Pale. It's all very it's, lot. It's, so, beyond, it's beyond the pale it's beyond and it's the produced pale. beyond the pale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So beyond That's, that pale, yeah. kind of, and then obviously it is a play on the yeah. beyond their pale. The, like we're not... Uh, we're not dubs. Yeah. So and, and you're champion in that you're not dubs. Oh, he's born there. Yeah. Oh good. I'll take it back. Oh brilliant. Like so they're the beers that we're drinking here at the mm. Kikini Beer Festival today. And uh, to be honest with you, I'd say Gerald's gonna be sick of talking beer all weekend. So we're gonna take a quick break now, fill up our glasses, and uh, we're gonna ask him some random questions after a award, possibly from our sponsors. everyone welcome back to, there may or may not have been a word from our sponsors there depending on how lazy or active my brother has been this week uh, just first of all I want to like, like to thank the patrons of the show uh, patrons of the show that uh, give us a few pounds a month to keep the show on the road on www.patreon.com forward slash broadcast if you met us in real life and would like to buy us a cup of coffee or a pint you can do that via the Patreon <laughs> as opposed to actually meeting us in real life but you can meet us in real life too and buy us a pint as well yeah uh, We'll take either or. Uh, you can go to that. There's different tiers there. There's different options. We won't shade on about that too much. And also Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter. We're at Snowcast and all those. If you listen to the podcast, you don't follow us, and you have Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, so go and like the page, share it, rate it, rate us on iTunes, rate us on all that kind of crack. And uh, on with the shy talk, Gerald. We've had you talking about beer expertly and really interestingly for the first uh, part of the podcast. Now we're going to get you talking about a few other bits that are non. Well, you, you might relate to beer because it's your life now. She's even using beer phraseology, violent and yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's all subconscious. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we were thinking on the train on the way up. Some actually I do a little bit of stand-up comedy and a recent um, set of mine is around marketing and marketing pies and modern Irish marketing. Like, what's the worst marketing gimmick you've ever seen from a, a, an Irish ads? The worst marketing gimmick. It's ranting that jumps to mind. 
I put. I tell you. Want me to go first? You go first. Go one. Get the old creative juices flowing. So my one is from. Remember when Ireland bet uh, the All Blacks? Mm. Right. And then, 2016. Yeah. Right. And then afterwards, the first game of the Six Nations was Ireland England in, up in up in the Aviva. Yeah. Up, right. And Paddy Power came along and plastered Dublin with like all these billboards saying like. Oh, you know, handy win today over England, like you know, and they had it plastered everywhere, like all these different uh, variations of like that marketing play, and then obviously Ireland got fucking hockey by England then on yeah. that day, like because the bastards. And like, yeah, yeah. in fairness, in fairness, Paddy Power, like straight up afterwards, <laughs> like, does anyone know any good like poster removal services? Or something? Like, you know? So they're very good at getting yeah. around, but like it was one of those things where. The media, even like the, even anybody who was involved rugby at the time, was just like cringing. Ah, it's like you know, because like going into that game, like trying to build up like that kind of like like this is this is an easy one now. Like after us being the English team would have seen that driving down to the stadium. Oh yeah, going, all right, lads, you know. Yeah, that's fuck you. Know, yeah, 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 oh big time, that you know. So oh, yeah, for that for me that was absolutely horrendous. I got to be yeah. There's a this is really random, but there's Brendan's bread, right? Today is bread today. It, it just doesn't sit right with me. I just don't get it. I'm not too sure why. Do you know when you hear the radio and your man comes on, he's like, Do you remember old Mr. Brennan in that? They are down in the bakery and the old Yeah. You can't buy it. Brennan's bread today is bread today. Sure, does that mean I can't have a slice of it tomorrow then? Like, just didn't feel it straight away. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. I, they're probably playing on the freshness, are they? Yeah, it's pretty hard, but like. So much, so much fucking adults gone into those breads where they're lasting like about two weeks before they go and get it moldy. It's basically Irish wonder bread. Like. Yeah. Have you ever? I, it's something never goes off. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever gone to the states like the bread in the states like the bread the, that wonder bread right? If you ever have a slice of that wonder bread, it's like eating a slice of cake. It's so sugary. Mm. Yeah. That's wicked sweet, all right, and it doesn't go off. Like, you no, leave here, yeah. no mold on it like a month later, or whatever. So like, my, yeah. my grandmother says a good bread should be growing mushrooms after three days. Yeah, yeah. But like even like, I, I was going um, shopping in the states with my cousins, like, and like they they had like two big SUVs, like, you know, mm. and they go to Costco once a month, like, and they load the thing up with shite, like, and that'd be it. That'd be their shop for the month. And crack. But like. They'd have like they'd have a big pile of bread in the in the car and stuff as well, like yeah. and like that's just like left in the pantry or whatever. And, and the hay as well over there. Yeah, like. and it's not like it's not like here where you'd be freezing bread or what. You know, like uh, parents be like, I'll bring out the bread now in the freezer. Like, yeah. no, nah, in the pantry. That's absolutely it's last, last, like miserable. like that. What is in that that kind of stuff like that is? I, I tell you another one that makes no sense to me. The Milky Way kid, the Milky Bar's <laughs> on me. Like, how the fuck does a kid at that age able to afford Milky Bars for an entire nation? Yeah, no. Makes no sense. Yeah. It's pure trick marketing price. He make the Milky Bars, isn't that the thing, no? Yeah, but he was insinuated. I don't, I'm not sure, no. But he insinuated he was paying for them as well. And that was just blatant fucking lie. Why was he a cowboy as well? Yeah, boy. <laughs> Have you ever been to Navin? I know. And like a Milky Way as well, it has a real kind of space, you know, like you should have been an astronaut, like. Oh, you're getting into the whole yeah. Buzz Lightyear versus Woody. I say Woody. astronaut costumes are a little bit more expensive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that in yeah. No, that's the Milky Way, not the Milky Bar. I meant to say the Milky Bar, kid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. mix up now. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Take it easy there. Is Milky Way, is that the Coconut one? No, Milky Way is the kind of soft one. Oh, the no, light I think one. Bounty. Bounty is what it is. Bounty, yeah. yeah. 
Milky Way is obviously Mars, I suppose. They are they are not the galaxy yet. Milky Way. Mars. Fuck, I've never made that connection. Never, never made that connection. <laughs> that all, wow. Ah, Jesus. That man. is amazing. Jordan, <laughs> what's, what's, what's your marketing gimmick? What's your uh, well, The really gets my goat these days is there's a cider out there in the market that's telling us what it isn't. So it says, it's not too sweet, it's not too dry. Oh my like, God. You told us not to make it too sweet, you told us not to make it too dry. So it's just right, it's just in the middle. Now all you have to do is go and drink it. I'm going to call, I'm, 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 that just annoys the fuck out of Because they can't say what it is, all they're telling me is what it's not. I'll tell you what it is, ghost piss. I wouldn't even taste it, because we taste it. But don't mind the product. It's just the spiel on the radio or whatever it is, like as in, yeah. yeah, they just tell you what it is. They don't tell you what it is. Yeah, but they're basically trying to bash the other, like the other beers. It's like it's it's the equivalent of Trump. Like he's like getting in off like bashing Hillary so, and stuff. Like he's just saying, so, I'm not Hillary, yeah. so vote for me. So if you're listening to this and you end up confront, confronted with a drink that rhymes with Lockshore, don't <laughs> buy it. Buy something else. <laughs> So uh, we've been joined by another special guest for the second half of the podcast. Gerald, do you want to introduce your lovely wife to the listeners? Gabrielle. Hi. Yeah. Gabrielle, I have a question for you. Oh God. What's the worst marketing gimmick you've seen in, in Irish newspapers, TVs, radios, ads, billboards? Oh God. Um, you might have to come back to me on that until I think about it because there's so many horrendous ones. Uh, generally anything. I suppose I couldn't put it down to any particular marketing product just the general sense of smile over smile that you know we're having a great time stage photographs yeah i think like um, i think a lot of like say like that like course light or even do you know guinness's new campaign where it's just like it, it wasn't it's like it's guinness time or something now but it's just like you know it's a guy and he has like the, the guinness lip on him and he's just there like this smarmy face on him like you know and it, like you know it's just like it but it's so cheesy it's just like you know, it's all these young people, yeah. you know, just but the chatting around, yeah. drinking Guinness, where it's just like, lads are meant to be kind of crusty in a corner, you know, just punched over in the snow, like, them, you know. Them lads have never fucking had snuff in their lives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they've, never, they've never done snuff in their lives. They? <laughs> yeah. they don't know what it's like to wake up with brown granulated coffee coming out your nose. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, what I love, what, what, the irony of that is Guinness historically have been brilliant marketeers yeah. regardless of the quality of their product there's always brilliant at promoting it promoting the sense of Irishness about it uh, we actually got a lot of criticism online for drinking in this last week on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> by criticism one person yeah, said we should be drinking Irish yeah. beer but Irish English drink that pains the Irish but uh, we're here on Irish soil in an Irish brewery talking about marketing employees and uh, Gabrielle told me offline Costco's marketing shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm only missing. I'm only missing. I'll tell you online, she's head of marketing. <laughs> 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 well, no, there's definitely, like, as in when you mentioned them, there's like, uh, the Guinness boys, they are, whatever about brewing beer, but over the years, they have been experts at marketing or getting the consumers, you know, getting the pulse of the consumer, whatever it is. There's an interesting story we were only telling it last night about the two-part pour of Guinness, yeah. right? And the fact that like it's kind of pure marketing, and it comes from going way back even before the product was had any nitrogen in it or nitrogenated. 
at all. And it goes back to the days when they used to just ship everything in wooden casks down to the pub. And the barman would have the wooden cask up on the counter. And like you'd get your delivery, say, on a Wednesday or whatever it is. And you might have like a, a 50 litre cask or whatever it is. But then you have 5, 10 litres of last week still there. But any punter walking through the door knows that, oh, you got fresh beer today. So it's like giving a pint and make sure it's the fresh stuff. So the two-part pour came, pour, three quarter pour of this week's fresh stuff, and then put it down to settle uh, whatever it was, whatever they did. And then they top it up with last week's. Cool. So that they'd be moving last week's stock. Yeah. But the punter would think that they're drinking yeah. this week. That's amazing. And, because, and that's where yeah. like, and then they, that was a thing. That was like, oh, that's what, that's how you have to do that to yeah. take in this property. So then they, being brilliant with what they do, they cottoned on to that. They actually made something out of that. Like it's, you know, if it better, it's like, like, you know, it's like, like, yeah. do you remember there was an ad there a while a few years ago of the, it was like, you know, Guinness is 1759, like, you know, so they had that ad on the telly mm. where the clock shows, you know, one minute to six. Yeah. And then, you know, they're pouring. And then the Angelus goes off, like, you know, so he leaves them to point. And he's there, like, you know, and then the Angelus goes again, and he gets he does the second point. Play, play, second play point. on the poor, poor Christian souls <laughs> of Ireland, like, uh, this gas like, there, there are some there are some. Yeah. 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 And then come to point, Gabriel, now. Yeah, no, it's just when you're saying about the clock and marketing and all that kind of stuff. You know, like, trying to come up with a name for it, for it, and all this kind of stuff, sure. Uh, I work another job that helps people with uh, starting businesses and everybody comes in and they're like oh, so um, taken over by what are they going to name it you know I'm sure you had the same thing when you were coming up with the name for, for you know your whole podcast and we thought about it but it took about four seconds I think. <laughs> <laughs> but you see I think I just that's said probably it the best that's probably yeah. the best because yeah. you start with something and then you think oh should we or should we or should we yeah. and then in the end we've mm-hmm. gone through lots of iterations haven't we mm-hmm. and anyway ended up going with cost loads on it but uh, just when you talk about the time and the clock and all that, so this the the logo that we have is a, is the Talsal in Kilkenny, and uh, uh, the time on the clock. Do you remember that? Yeah, it's wrong, isn't it? The hands are in the way they should be. It was to reflect the date. This will tell you how good yeah, we are yeah, now. Yeah. Remembering this only five years ago. When there was uh, a clock on it, she said, "What time do you want it to show?" It was a date so that we thought that we It was we a date that we came up with about uh, we was are the first of marketing. <laughs> brew or something. <laughs> <laughs> it was the date with the first brew, but then. The 25th of something. 25th of May it was, yeah. yeah but then when she put the hands on, you know, it's in the small and the big one. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> the, it's the American date. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're trying to promote to the Yanks. That's what you're trying to do. So, like, when you overcomplicate things, that's what happens. You just go, oh, yeah, what happens? So, yeah. so the pure, the purest form, you know. So, so like, that just works. It's so like when you come back to Lockshore, and uh, <laughs> when, if, it's, it's like any joke. If you're explaining, you're losing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, uh, actually, give you telling us that. I just want to say we have a feed put on for us here in the brewery that is savage so we're after eating every type of food it looks more savage now as in yeah. like literally it savage it was savage <laughs> <laughs> it was savage and we Half sa- a chicken carcass and, <laughs> and, and, we, and we savaged it and so you were telling us over the bit of growth that yeah, your kids now are getting into Harry Potter and stuff like yeah, that yeah. so have you come across Polyjuice poetry yet? no not yet I haven't right. read that I'm only on book four and, me, and, and the small fellas ahead of me so 
No, apologies is Portsmouth in book two. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay, maybe I have. Maybe you have, you just have forgotten it, right? So we, we, we'll explain it to you guys, any, yeah, listen, any listeners that aren't familiar with Harry Potter, what the way basis of the question is. It's just this big, long, convoluted way of asking a fairly simple question. So, <laughs> when you're explaining, you're losing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to associate me with them fuckers. <laughs> uh, basically, a polyjuice motion is if you get the DNA of someone like a hair or a piece of uh, uh, whatever you get, a bit of their nail or something, and you make this potion and you put a piece of the person in, you, be, you take the physical appearance of that person for about an hour or two. Yeah. Uh, so, if Gerald came up with this new brew, and if you threw a lock of hair of anyone or anything into the brew, and when you drank the pint, you became uh, that, person. that person for an hour or two. So you could live the life of any person for an hour or two. Who would it be? I'll go to home first. Oh, and you go first. Oh, jeez. Uh, I am talking. Just practice. Come on. No, I actually, don't. I actually <laughs> This is what we do. We come up with the topics yeah, and then forget about them. And then we have to talk yeah, about them. Yeah, yeah. We should have two. Um, I think... See, like, it, I suppose it depends on the timing as well, like, um... It has to be a modern day, I want to put them rules on it, because yeah, you can't yeah, just yeah. go back and be dead. I'd say Shadu, for me, would be Arden O'Hanlon. Oh! Just because he's funny, he always seems yeah. to be having fun, like, anytime you see him, the lad is smiling. Would yeah. you put a collar on for the crack, like? But yeah, no, I'd say Arden O'Hanlon, and the other one they just sprang to mind was the very first one was Eric and Senna for some reason. Oh, oh yes. I don't know why, but like it was only for an hour, like it was kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a looker as well, like sitting in the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, in the car. I think that's it. Like it's in, in like yeah, I, I'm probably thinking sports person or someone, right? So I, maybe I might say like I even I absolutely hate him, right? But I might go like <laughs> Conor McGregor, right? Like oh, go gosh. in, right? And like. I go in like just, just, hands just side, yeah, like just in, just before the fight, like I go in, put a big bet on the other fellow. <laughs> get the head out. How did they throw it? Oh, and Tom plays the money now. Conor McGregor chlorophyll. Yeah. I reckon there's like there there's the the part of me that wants to say I'd go Boris Johnson and absolutely ruin Brexit. <laughs> yeah. I think that's like QED. You only have an hour. Actually, and the thing is, like, what you couldn't say anything more ridiculous than he already says. So, like, how would you do it? You'd probably have to, like, I don't know, whip your Mickey out or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd be whipping his Mickey out uh, on, on like BBC One or something. Uh, or I, I would send his page out. Aaron sent him to my dad's sporting hero, uh, and uh, I, I kind of. L- didn't watch too much Formula 1 last few years and I've gotten really into it the last kind of month or so. Again. I've the complete opposite. I haven't watched it in 20 years. Yeah. Go away. Yeah. Maybe I, it's a time thing, but yeah. also I just haven't seen it. I watched the last couple of races now and it's kind of been interesting. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Not like, because you're, you're comparing it to the 90s and the late 90s and early 2000s yeah. when like there was actual overtakes and like yeah, cars yeah. are built differently. It's whereas great, now it's like it's watching great, robots. Uh, documentary on Netflix about it. Um, Senna? No, about um, last year's Formula One season. Mm. And it's really good because they have like, it's not, like actually Hamilton doesn't appear in any of the, any of it at all, but it's like all about like, just like the fucking shit that goes on in the background and like, Mm. you know, like division between like the two drivers in one team and stuff. And like, it's, it's, it's like, it actually like dramatizes it so much, but yeah. They're really good at dramatizing like, 
not dramatic stuff on Netflix, aren't they? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like they're really, really good at it. They build it up. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, I, yeah. that's a fair, fair point. Like, like you're really good at making beer taste yeah, nice. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, juice potion. Do you have anyone give it? Uh, no, but I just did think of something that you. Uh, on the previous question, I'm a bit slower. That's you know, on, the ma- on the marketing side of things, I saw the other day. You know the way like you have Netflix originals. You yeah. Know, and I was watching TV the other day and I said, um, RT player originals. And I just said, how late are you to the races? Will yeah. you ever yeah. drop an iMac? But they're not the real old ones. They're the stuff that they bought from 20 yeah. years ago, like yeah. Ali McBeal or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, it's like Nobody so... Nobody watched it back then. No. Yeah, yeah, but it's not the point now. of what they're yeah. saying. It's the point of like, just do a straight copy of Netflix. Yeah, like, yeah. Some lad in Ortiz, Brandon now. Some lad in Ortiz, Brandon place now is like, I have the best idea we've ever had. Like, let's put originals on the end of everything. Yeah, it's the same with anything in RT, like, like any of their, not reality, but whatever, like those, uh, those audition fucking, mm. like Voice or whatever, or the Voice of Ireland or whatever, where they just have like the same as the UK, but like a worse set and like, yeah. <laughs> Real cheap fucking <laughs> presenters. Like. Same as UK, but one of the fellas off Westlife, a fail. What the one that dropped out of the pussy got dolls or Tom McKay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the talking yank. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it's not. I think I got it right once um, with the Fittest Family. I'll That's very good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like I'd say that is a huge audience. I'd imagine. Your man, um, Davey Fitz. Yeah. He he owns the rights to it. Yeah, as well. right. so yeah, so he's. Make a mint. Well, he said he'll only make mint if they sell it. Like he said, at the moment, you know, it's it's, it's the same. Like nobody makes money really if, with with RT. Like they actually don't make that much money for it. But if you, have, if right. you have the rights of it and you sell it to the US or the UK or whatever. So if you got Britain's fittest family and yeah, 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 Kentucky's fittest family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the world's fittest family games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be good. Yeah. It'd be a Olympic sport to fittest families. Yeah. Yeah. Be like interbreed. Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, I uh, thought of something really good there, but I forgot about it. Come on. Fuck. That's That's what the RT do get right is like the Sunday game. I mean, really. Yeah. You can't get they better. They nearly fucked it up by changing the music. What was that? Oh yeah. yeah. Four or five years ago. Do you remember them? Do you remember when phone? Yeah. Do you remember phones had the the monophonic ringtones? And I had the Sunday game one, and then they changed music. Like everyone that I knew had the Sunday game one, and then a phone would ring. And like you'd be in school and you'd be in the class and you weren't supposed to have your phone on you and, it, and your phone would ring, but everyone would have the same ringtone. Because yeah, yeah. it was always the Sunday game, one of the ringtone. The teacher's like, whose phone is that? <laughs> and then everyone is checking their bags because <laughs> they all have the same ringtone. You throwing it across yeah. the room then. Like, Me like loving Knock you across the room then. Like, indestructible knockers. Them, them were the days. So we've had a lovely spread put on here for us. And it's actually a lovely meal. And it might actually be the answer to this question. And I'll ask you guys, have you ever thought, like, if, if you were on death row, and you know people on death row get their, can have whatever meal they want, what would your death row meal be? Oh, and I'll ask you first, because you... Um, I'd probably go... Uh, Geraldine Tad salad sandwiches. Hey, I don't... Don't knock them. Don't knock them, yeah. Don't, actually, they might be... Uh, it's once, man. They might be a starter. Salad sandwiches. Salad sandwiches. Three, three. This, this fucker will go for three courses, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. This is me. Yeah. yeah. I'm going gonna to caveat this as well. You have to try in an alcoholic drink that's not cost loads. Oh, Jamie. Oh, okay. Um, oh, so um, I'd go for that. 
salad sandwich, right? Salad sandwich. Maybe what kind of salad sandwich? Geraldine tab salad Ger- sandwich. Ger- yeah, yeah, like it's a made salad sandwich, no, ham salad sandwich. Uh, there's like there's like little flakes of ham in it. There's uh, scallions, a bit of tomato. Some pepper. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's 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 proper. Love it. And with helmets as well on top of it. Taste the um, then I'd, I'd probably throw in our potato salad as well on the side. Like, that's very good. That's a really good one. That's cheap. You're not gonna get fed when you go home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Charlie doesn't listen to me anymore. And then, uh, <laughs> all that money spent on educating that yeah. child. Yeah. I'd say I have um, a, probably like a classic carvery roast. Like, do you know, do you know if you're full trimmings, like full trimmings. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think I'd uh, like absolutely like a, a melted bit of broccoli like there after overcooking it. So it's been, it's been, been sitting, in a, it's been sitting, <laughs> sitting in a hot bay for eight hours. Yeah, 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 one of them. Yeah, and. Uh, and then my uh, my point then um, oh it has to be uh, Puck Pilsner I'd oh my god Jack Cody oh yeah, yeah. Jack Cody yeah, yeah, yeah. that Puck Pilsner uh, you like that oh we're big fans of the Puck yeah yeah oh we're big fans of the Puck yeah if you were to bring out a Pilsner now that resembled it sales are all for the recipe give him a ring for the recipe yeah 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 you can rename it like yes yeah Costello's Pilsner yeah yeah that was that was that was delicious. I think I think I think I think it was probably one of the gateways I've, I had to the kind of craft beer industry, and then I think I think so fondly of it now. And it, I think it's because I can't get it anymore. As well. Actually, like, that's a lie. Although it's probably rotten now. Yeah, but you actually still have two bottles in the fridge. Right. Yeah. It's in the fridge. Then. Yeah, you're all right. Yeah. Because Tom, Tom Ryan, Phil Ryan was introduced us to that, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. We, we actually drank him out of us when it was stopped being produced. It was a sad day. It was actually a very sad day. Yeah. Um, and we, fin- we, we drank the last puck be- just before we started the podcast. So we've never actually had puck pills on the podcast. No, yeah. Which is a travesty. Try, try, try and change. What about yourself? What would I have? Yeah. So I can't get the answer to that. I would have given out because you said it before. It's called me a sap and you said I know what you want to say. No, no, come on, you no, say No, no, no. Oh, well, if we're going starters, so what do I have to start? Uh, if I was going starters, I'd go with... Oh, fuck, I, have, I should have thought about this. Uh, I would... There's um, duck pancakes. I'd go with duck pancakes to start. Wait, where, where, where's your normally? You hardly cook duck pancakes at all, do you? I've made duck pancakes before. Jesus. <laughs> that's, that's a fucking... That's a, that's a, a step above me, yeah, I was expecting. Never made duck pancakes for you, but... No, I, you have not. No, I made. I'd, I'd go with duck pancakes. Why you want to make duck pancakes? Is the other question. Duck <laughs> pancakes are lovely. It's really, really nice. Is duck code for something else, or is it actual like duck? No, it's shredded duck. <laughs> and the pancakes aren't like sweet pancakes. They're like uh, pancakes. Uh, savory pancake mix. And then you have like uh, all like Asian vegetables chopped up as well, and a little bit of lovely Asian sauce on top of it. Oh. It's not bad. Right. It's not bad. And then for me. I was going to say at my nana's dinner that I actually, on one of our first ever episodes, I think we had this question, and I said, like, the most chicken dinner that my nana does. Why won't change it? Every summer on a Thursday, before we go for a few pints and play a bit of tag rugby, we go to Owen's house, and we have a barbecue. And we have the same thing on a barbecue the whole time. There's uh, two sausages, and you can, sometimes you can get the nice gourmet sausages, a burger, all cooked on a barbecue. But we also have these halloumi skewers. So it's like halloumi, cherry tomatoes, red onion, beetroot is a revelation on a barbecue. <laughs> and uh, then I'm also going to try and we barbecue pineapple ones. It's amazing. Yeah. And for my point, I would have actually put Pilsner is probably the right answer. If I can't go to Costco's, 
Thank you, Forrest. I'll tell you what, I I would prob I might actually go with um the it's low alcohol but like it was delicious. Super soaker. The, Super soaker. Yeah. The Wicklow Wolf and Yellow Belly Cross. That was really nice. I didn't get to try that now. It's low alcohol, yeah. yeah. Um some people probably aren't too keen on creamy beers, creamy pale ales, but I thought it was delicious. Yeah. Uh, we had a few pans on the train up for the mini ones then. So that was me. Right, Gabriel, are you have you got an answer? Uh, come back to 15 minutes. You're on death row now. That's really lovely. Oh, yeah, it's lovely, lovely stuff. And then. Mammy's French onion too. Yeah, Mammy's. behind that. And um, then probably some version of. Uh, Can I ask you though, before yeah. you move on? French onion soup. So you having like brown soda bread with butter with that? Are you having a little mini bread roll? Like what's accompanying the soup? Oh, that's no. that's vital. Right. Now. So, uh, <laughs> Jesus, sorry. <laughs> so we'd have a crust, so, so a local baker out in Gorn. So we have uh, a spelt baker, so she uh, delivers the bread to the house and everything like that. And it's really crusty, kind of nice white bread. That's all chopped up and just gently placed on top of a big slab of real butter, obviously. Yeah, none of this utterly buttery shite. No. So that's a starter. That's a starter. And then for the main course, I'm kind of torn a bit, like in a Moroccan stew or tangine or something like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then I'd round it all off. Uh, and I, um, this is funny now, because the older, I sense there's a bit of a generational gap between ourselves, Gerald, on this side of the bench. <laughs> but as one gets older, one is not able to one. consume alcohol in the same quantities as people might have perceived. And uh, <laughs> so, anyway, I, I don't drink other beers because... Uh, yeah. Children and all those things and all that. So, for the absolute last one, I have uh, white rhino. So, 6.5%. So, yummy. Wait, 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 finish up, boys. I just have the one now because two now will be over the age. I like, that'd be yes. You're going over the age anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you're on death row. I'll allow it because you're the real boss. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Get it right. Yeah. Gerald, uh, what's her death row meal? And cheese. And cheese. Yeah, 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 cheese. Yeah, yeah, cheese. Yeah. 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 I'd say. Uh, a Russian Imperial Stout bottle of uh, white gypsies. Oh, yeah. Russian Imperial Stout. This is the that, That's like that. Yeah, yeah. I'll have that and then I start thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> a nice Imperial measure of an Imperial Stout. Yeah. And then um, I love onions and garlic. So like, if you just fry onions and garlic and you know, a load of salt and put it on bread. Like, not necessarily butter, no, more uh, olive oil. Like. So oh, you're, you're nearly describing, yeah, you're nearly describing almost a br- kind of bruschetta kind of thing, a hot yeah, bruschetta. Yeah, well, tell you the truth, to put them on the bread is just flat bread. Uh, conduit to get it into the mouth. Is that <laughs> history? It's yeah. just a transport vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. What he's actually talking about is a potato sandwich. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, if you ever cook, um, spend a night sitting down, what are we having for dinner? Just start chopping onions and then crushing garlic. And then yeah, you put it on the frying pan and put it in the onion, put it in the garlic, and then you get it so like that the garlic is just about brown, but there's a whole load of uh, salt in there as well. So you literally have like, it's nearly like, uh, it's not quite breadcrumbs, but it's like crispy breadcrumbs sort of thing, like you know, yeah. the end of a bag of chips, yeah. right? And all the crispy bits. It's only that, but it's all crispy bits of garlic with onions in them and loads of salt. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, we're just, we're we're just eating a big meal. Like, I know, we're like, so salivating. Where are we going for dinner next? Yeah. No. <laughs> you finish that up. That's not bad. No, I'd like, I'd like to eat that. Is that your starter? Then, yeah, call it the starter, yeah. And then um, Gab's well able to make mass man curry, so that's good. I'm glad he, I'm glad he answered something that you've made. Yeah, Remember, you're not actually on that roll. Like, you have to live around after this. <laughs> Maybe just keep myself off. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, yeah, something like that anyway. Ah, that's good. No, that, and how would you like to go? <laughs> In the sleep. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I know, I know. That's not, that's not relevant. Uh, no, I think, I think that's been brilliant. We're gonna, I think we're going to call it here and we're going to have a few more points and have a bit of crack, take the microphones off and make it less formal. Uh, lads, thanks a million for inviting oh, us up. Had, up had, had an absolute fucking ball so far. And uh, look forward to coming back up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, uh, you're stuck now, you know us. Yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll just be randomly showing up. Like. <laughs> yeah, we'll clip on. We did it the same way as we do. It's all yeah, around. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, thanks for hosting us, giving us drink, giving us food. It's been brilliant. Kilkenny Craft Beer Festival, uh, look out for it next year because if you're listening to this, you're listening to it after Monday. Uh, so keep an eye on it for it next year and we'll, we'll, we'll meet you here next year. And, uh, Anything else you'd like to plug, lads? Like, uh drink in general to cost those beers yeah. actually give the ice cream a plug there oh yeah locally uh, produced ice cream yeah, that was delicious uh, Kramer's Grove uh, ice cream is made in Kilkenny by Carol and Nigel Harper and it's just delicious ice cream that's made about three miles away and it's sold locally in the shops and things like that so lovely milk ice cream with a big bag of strawberry we had a lovely point with there yeah we, put, we, we didn't have any bowls so we put the I'm well, looking up yeah, <laughs> dad put the ice creams in the pint glasses yeah well you know on that no we're going off making beer floats by good luck go on god bless stay away for yourselves Shit. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. 
That's stamps.com. Code program.